This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So once upon a time, I had this amazing idea to create a free mini course that gets momentum going for any mom struggling postpartum. Do you ever wish me and you could just talk a little more heart to heart? I do. And that's why I created this mini course to reach to you even further. So go to lizzielangston.com. It's on the homepage or the link is in the show notes. In today's episode, I interview my client, Madison, who had her first baby three years ago during the pandemic. Intrusive thoughts, depressiveness, preeclampsia, and yet hope for healing even three years later. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this amazing, amazing moment on my podcast. This feels like a very sacred, special moment. I have my current client, Madison, here today. She's going to be saying hi in just a minute. You're going to hear us talking about her experiences. Listen, when she became my client, which, by the way, was about three weeks postpartum for me. I was about three weeks postpartum with baby Ren. I wasn't planning on taking on any clients really, but she just came to me at that time and she was so ready and it felt so right. And so it was definitely just a yes in my body. And she's been so patient (laughs) because I have, you know, showed up a little late here or there and had to text and be like, I'm going to be five, 10 minutes late or whatever. Sometimes more than 10 minutes late because the baby's still going down or the baby's been on calls. She's been so sweet and so supportive. And I can see why the universe saw fit to bring her to me at this time. Um, I'm so grateful. I can't wait for you guys to meet Madison. We're still working together. We're going to be working together for about six more months. And we've been working together for about six weeks. The main reason I wanted to bring Madison to you guys is because I know there are a lot of us moms who throughout the pandemic of 2020 and in the couple years after, we had it hard and there were some distinct challenges that we were up against because of having babies during the time of a worldwide pandemic. And Madison is no exception to that. Not only was she a mom at that time and postpartum for the first time, a first time mom during the 2020 pandemic, but also um, was a teacher and her kids were dispersed without her being able to say bye, you know, her school kids. So there's so many things that she went through that I think a lot of you will be able to relate to. And if nothing else, I genuinely think you might be shocked and your jaw might drop. Um, and I want, I hope that the rest of you that have had extremely difficult things, you know, anywhere from your planned help for postpartum being canceled. Maybe it was your mother or mother-in-law that couldn't come because the, you know, the flights were shutting down because of the pandemic, all the way to baby showers not happening. Madison's basically been through all of that. And I think what's really also special about her story is that her youngest, her baby, her only baby is three. 
And as she has been thinking about potentially working towards having another baby and as she's been healing from the really, really challenging things that she struggled with, which you're going to hear about with her depression and anxiety and such with baby number one, um, it's been three years, three years of some really big suffering and she has felt so much relief. I have seen her countenance just completely change over the last five, six weeks since we've been working together. And it's happened so quickly and so intensely. I, I just hope that this, this will bring a message of complete hope, um, to you guys and also a lot of validation to those of you moms who went through the pandemic with real big challenges. Please do me a favor. If you are a pandemic mama, meaning you gave birth to a child during 2020 and even into 2021 where there were big restrictions and lack of you know resources and traveling and maybe your partner couldn't be with you at appointments. Do me a favor and email me. It's Lizzie, L-I-Z-Z-I-E at Lizzie Langston, L-A-N as in Nancy G-S-T-O-N.com. Lizzie at Lizzie Langston.com. Email me put the subject pandemic story and please tell me about your story because I want to have other stories of pandemic mamas on this podcast because of just the collective and individual trauma that I think we're all still holding from such a uniquely challenging time in a time when it's supposed to be so communal. It was so isolated and you're going to hear a little bit about, or a lot about that (laughs) with Madison's story. So Madison, thank you so, so, so much for being here. We are so happy that you are here. Why don't you go ahead and say hello and introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Madison Davis. I'm like Lizzie said, um, I'm a teacher. I have a beautiful baby girl. Um, she's three and her name's Olivia and I'm married to an awesome husband. You're in Tennessee, right? <laughs> yes, I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. I teach in the Hamilton County School District, so mm-hmm. shout out. <laughs> I love teachers so much. Yay. Uh, Yes. Tell us about, yeah, like everything you were planning that didn't happen. Let's start with the crushing, the crushing devastation. Oh my gosh. Your story just kills me, but I know it's, let's do it. Let's do it. Just tell me, tell us. Okay. So when I was, um, 20 weeks pregnant, I had my 20 week appointment. I left my kids at school early to go to my appointment. Your kids at school, like your class of kids. (laughs) Yeah, my students. Yeah, I taught fourth graders um, at the time. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave early for this appointment. And then I'll see you guys tomorrow and share pictures of my baby with them. That was my plan. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we got an email, like, while I was at my appointment that said, you know, we're shutting school down for two weeks because of COVID. We don't really know what this means but for two weeks we're off well that two weeks turned into never coming back so I never saw my students Mm. in that classroom again yeah and the weird thing that happened this year too and we knew it was happening our school was um, an older small school and it was going to be the last year in that building and we were going to move to a new school and merge with another school if that Mm -hmm. makes sense um yeah so it was really like we didn't know if we were going to get to get back together. Like we didn't have end of the year school parties. We didn't have end of the year staff parties or like we didn't, as a staff, we were all dispersed to different schools because of the school closure um, that was going to happen anyway. And a lot of students went to other schools because their school zone changed because we were shutting our school. Yeah. So it was like some of those students I've never seen or spoken to again. Oh my gosh. Um, So that was, yeah, that was really hard. 
but um, I couldn't really worry about that at the time because I was having a baby. So that also meant my husband couldn't come to any more of my appointments with me. So I'm, I've never been a mom before. Um, this is my first baby. So I had to go in by myself and I had to like, you know, wait and be walked in. I had to call when I got there and they had to walk me in and only one person can be in there at a time. And I, at least I saw my doctor, which was another human, but that was it. She was the only like one I saw. Like when I look back, like I didn't get to have any baby showers. I had Zoom baby showers mm-hmm. from work and then with like my family and friends. Mm-hmm. And so that was just, you know, it was hard. It was my first time being a mom and I just didn't get to have those things right. that you're supposed to have. Right. And they help, they help with making your pregnancy feel real and helping you really grasp what's happening. I genuinely think it helps your nervous system orient itself. Baby showers, you know, and funerals and these sorts of milestone events are things that help us process what's happening in the future or what just happened in the past. So to not have that, it's more than just the fun of it and receiving gifts and being there and being hugged and being celebrated. And I'm so glad you were able to do that on Zoom. But I do think that that's one of the purposes of all that is it helps your nervous system prepare or process what's already happened. And yeah, that's really important. And then tell me your postpartum. So then you had the baby. What was that like? And what, how did COVID impact your postpartum? It was scary going into the hospital because we didn't know, like if I tested positive for COVID, then I'd have to give birth by myself and Brent couldn't be there. And that was scary. So, but luckily I tested negative. And so he got to be there. So we, had the baby and all that was fine and she was great. That part was great, but I had preeclampsia. So I had to be in the hospital for exactly a week, almost to the minute. So my parents couldn't come in. I was by myself or not by myself, but with Brent, but Brent and I never had a baby before. And we're, you know, we're exhausted and we don't really know what's going on with my blood pressure. And so we were there for a whole week and that was really, really hard. I was really just sad, I like a deep, deep, like sorrow in the hospital. And I was scared. But mm-hmm. then once we finally came home, we still weren't sure what to do. We didn't, we had, now we have a brand new baby and we don't know, we don't want her to get COVID. We don't want to get COVID. We don't know who can come and when they can come and how they can come. And so we did like we were able to get like just our parents and my sister like visited, but not like they would have. Mm-hmm not for as long and not at the same, you know, not the same time for sure. Yeah. That was very still like isolating and scheduling and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out when people could do what. And then my mom works at a hospital. So if she Mm -hmm. had any COVID patients, she couldn't come. Like she was done for two weeks. Like my mom (laughs) and my mom is my, like, we're very close. We are me and my like, like immediate family are very close. We see each other today, like three or four times a week. So that was very terrible. (laughs) Very very hard. Yeah. I mean, so when we say terrible and hard, we're talking about huge emotions that were coming up through your body. We're talking about grief, sadness. We're talking about shock. Um, you know, maybe even some anger or, or anything. Can you recall what exactly were you feeling? I mean, because here's the reason I asked this and, and we're going to get here later in her story, but 
ultimately one of the reasons you struggled with intrusive thoughts and depressiveness and stuff was because all of this emotion just stayed in your body. You didn't have the tools to process it in a resilient, like healthy way, not because you were less of a person or anything, just because you were so isolated. You didn't even have any sort of like therapist or anybody at the time. And I don't think you realized how much all of these sudden changes constant sudden changes to plans and schedules and events for your birth and and postpartum were impacting you. So what were some of the feelings? Yeah. When your mom consistently had to not be able to come visit you and be with you postpartum for your first baby. Was it her first grandbaby too? Yes, it was her first grandbaby too. Mm. Um, on both sides for both of our parents. Um, yeah. So that was, you know, we had all these plans and even the day I was admitted to the hospital 12 hours before I was admitted. They changed the role from having your spouse and one person to just your spouse mm. at, in the hospital for the delivery. Oh, what an emotional so it was ride. Like, yes. It was like every day. <laughs> and I say every day. Um, I mean, like specifically like in the hospital, having her, we were told like every single day, you're probably going to get to go home from the hospital today. And then somebody else would come in and say, no, you're not Your, you know, your blood pressure is not ready yet. Or yeah, your mom can come. No, she can't. And they even told me on my way to, I was driving to get my husband to go to the hospital. And they were like, we're not sure if your husband's going to be let in or not. Mm. And I was like, okay. Oh my hell. This, <laughs> this is crazy yeah. <laughs> friend because I, you know, I remember I'm like, if you need to cry while you're telling this story, you just cry. Um, I, I'm like, we, we keep processing, we keep releasing. It's fine. I remember, I, I'm just going to say you are so held by the way. And I'm sure everybody listening is feeling it in their hearts too. And they also have their own hurts from things that were canceled for them and such. Um, I remember when I was driving to the hospital because I unexpectedly, I didn't know what had happened, but I was bleeding and I was 36 weeks and six days pregnant. And it wasn't like my water broke. It was not a good kind of bleeding. I was like, what is this? So we hurried over to the hospital and, um, I called a friend who is a midwife and she was able to tell me what she thought happened, which she was correct. My placenta had partially detached from the wall of the uterus, not completely, but partially. And so now we were in an emergency. We needed to get the baby out to make sure she was safe and I was safe because you can hemorrhage because of that. So anyway, it was similar though. She told me literally we're, we're, rocking up to the hospital. We're like five minutes away from the hospital. And she's like, you're probably going to have a C-section today. And I was like, okay. Uh, okay. (laughs) And it, it like, for sure. I wanted to be all the things, all the feels I wanted to be devastated. But the problem was it was happening in real time. The time to process was not right. Then that was my time to get my big girl pants on, you know what I mean? And to put my, to put my music on that calms me, get into my body, get into my breath and make it through this experience. And so when I, when I look at you and many other women who went through the pandemic as moms, just sometimes the events of birth trauma or whatever, we all have our different, really unexpected, hard challenges, but that that's, that's what I'm talking about is like the things happen so fast and so unexpectedly that we really kind of, in order to survive it, we shut off the emotional processing so that we can show up for our baby, so that we can show up for our body, so that we can show up and answer questions for the doctors and our nurses and whatever. And it all just kind of gets paused. And like you and I have talked about, Madison, that's actually a strategy. 
that our subconscious does. It doesn't mean we're being lazy or we're not, you know, looking out for our health and wellness. It actually is a beautiful skill that we can have as humans that it's sort of like a freeze and put it away for later mode, but then you have it later to deal with. And so, yeah, tell us about how it went from there. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and six one since that matters and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. I remember just feeling like that whole week, um, feeling very, very disconnected. I was disconnected from everybody. Like my friends were texting me and I didn't really want to respond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just didn't have the energy. I didn't want to entertain. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to host. And that's not what it was, but that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to be there every day. I would get madder and madder and more angry and just disappointed in my journey. Like this wasn't supposed to happen to me. I was very angry. I just felt like if I could get home, then I could recover. Like we weren't sleeping. I remember it was day three or four and Brett and I counted that we had slept six hours total. Oh my gosh. That's bad. Yeah, Like since (laughs) having her. And I was on magnesium, which you've been on before too. It makes you feel feel so so bad. Yeah. Yeah. How many days did they keep you on magnesium for? I was on magnesium, I think three entire days. Oh my gosh. I was on it for one day, 24 hours after I had the baby. And then they were able to take me off of it. And they call it hot trash. Like it makes you feel like hot trash. Like you're hot and you feel like trash. It's hot trash. Yes. That is a great, (laughs) I've never heard it being called that, but that is exactly what it was. Right. Hot trash. (laughs) Oh, it was so terrible. And so just like the coming down from that and the coming down from um, my blood pressure when I was home, I remember being afraid to be alone with Olivia because I was, um, my blood pressure was so like trying to fix itself. So at one point I got out of the shower and it was like 89 over 50 or something crazy. And my mom happened to be here and she's like, lay down, lay down. You're going to pass out. Mm -hmm. Lay down. Low blood pressure. And I didn't luckily because she was here, but I was afraid to be alone because I was afraid I was going to pass out or spike and have, have a seizure. Yeah. Um, cause I'd never had high blood pressure before either. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't have a lot of support. I didn't have, I couldn't talk to people. I didn't know who to talk to. And I remember like being home and being happy to be home, but feeling like what else is going to happen? I felt like that. Yes, that's um, really like common. I can't take anything else. Mm-hmm. I, how am I going to survive anything else? 
Hello, just a quick reminder from me, Lizzie, that you can get 50% off my signature course, Postpartum Freedom, when you sign up for my free mini course. It's my favorite thing I've created for free for you guys. It's called Get Out of the Postpartum Rut. And I mean it, Get Out of the Postpartum Rut, girl. And it's on my homepage, lizzielangston.com. The link is in the show notes. The code will be in the follow-up emails. Back to the show. And then I started to feel like numb. I remember feeling numb. About how postpartum were you now? How many weeks or whatever? Um, about eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. And, numb. And then I remember at eight weeks, like just feeling so anxious and I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand it. I just felt so tight in my body, in my, in my chest. And um, I couldn't keep anything down. I just... I felt panicked, just panicked all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I started having um, intrusive thoughts and those just made the anxiety and panic so much worse. Cause I yeah. just thought, I felt a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. I thought moms don't have this moms. Everybody has babies and they don't, moms don't feel like this mm-hmm. after. Which isn't I true. Didn't, I didn't know. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that that was not true. Like moms do feel like this regularly. Um, but I felt really scared and I felt like I was a really, really bad mom. And I felt like Olivia deserved somebody else Mm -hmm. as a mom for, Mm -hmm. as her mom. Mm -hmm. And that's Um, something that you have felt on and off throughout the last three years because of your mental health challenges. You have, that you've felt unworthy and that's something we've been working on together is actually like there was nothing, you couldn't have done it better. You didn't know. And you were a victim here too. Yeah. And I think for a long time, I just thought I was trying to like, just like get through it. Just like white knuckle, like get through it, like stuff it, whatever I needed to do to be a good mom, to take care of Olivia, to take care of the house, to um, get ready to teach again. Cause that was coming. Mm -hmm. I was going to have to Mm -hmm. teach again. And I, it, like, I really struggled with that too, because I really wanted to go back to work to see people, <laughs> even if it was weird and like with masks and like only three people could be in the same hall at the same time, like mm-hmm. to set up and stuff. I didn't care. Like I was so ready to get back just to have human interaction. And then of course that made me feel guilty because I didn't want to be home with Olivia. Mm-hmm. But now I know like it didn't have anything to do with her. It yeah. was just I'd been isolated. Right. I was isolated in my home. And I'm sure a lot of people can um relate. What is the word? Relate. Thank you. Relate to it. Uh I was home from March twelfth until um November thirtieth. That is the day I went back to work. So that whole time <laughs> had a baby in there. Didn't get to you know, I lost a lot of things that I had planned to do. That's eight months. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I lost my kid, my students, my kids. um, And once I did go back to work, it did. It was better. It had started to get a little bit better before then. I had gotten on antidepressants and uh, that I felt like that had helped. And it did for a little while. And then in 2023, this February, we all, my whole family got a um, really bad, really, really bad stomach bug, really bad. And it was the first like really bad um, sickness Olivia had and I couldn't help her and I felt helpless and I was scared that she was going to get dehydrated and that we were going to have to go to the hospital. And 
all of the anxiety mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. flew back. Yeah. Everything came back. Yeah. And so I felt worthless mm-hmm. because like I thought I had gotten over this and mm. had made it through this. And my daughter is like at that time, she was almost three. I was very judgmental and hard on myself and had those same thoughts of like, moms don't do this. Moms get it together and moms are tough and moms are strong and I'm not being that way, mm. which was all, all were lies. Right. And I wasn't nice to myself. Like that's what I needed and I'm learning and that is what's helping mm-hmm. me now. Mm-hmm. You said I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask to have a baby during COVID during this weird school year. Mm-hmm. Too. You know, if I could have changed it, I would have, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, I couldn't. Yeah. Um. And, you know, and that's just that's just what that is. What it is. Yeah. And so now I'm able to start. I'm dealing with it and, he- and starting to heal. Yeah. So what was it that pushed you over the edge, Madison? Like when you were alone. I mean, we talk about, we, we do some parts work together. You and I parts therapy, internal family system stuff. And we have, there's this part of you that is the girl on the living room couch. That was you for those eight months, just isolated alone, postpartum first baby reeling from all of the things that didn't go, you know, how she expected and planned staying in the hospital longer, canceling the baby shower. Mom can't come. You can't show your baby to the family and celebrate like that. Um, you're, every day terrified that she could catch COVID somehow. Right. And your husband eventually has to go back to work and, Oh, I just, it's so much. So what was it that made you want to reach out for help? How did you find me? What was it about me and my messaging over here at the postpartum coach that resonated and touched you and made you believe that maybe you could have a different existence that was, you know, improved the quality of your motherhood, your life. Yeah. So, um, when I, when all that flooded back, I didn't really know what to do or who to talk to. And um, I started trying to listen. I like downloaded some books, Audible, and tried to listen to like how your brain works and yeah, and that because I knew it just wasn't right. It just didn't feel like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't feel right. And I just had to figure out how to get through it, like over it, like fully over it. I started going to therapy, which did help. But I knew that, like, there was something deeper. Like, I knew there were things I had to work through, but I didn't know, know how, and I didn't know what they were exactly. Um, so I started looking, actually, for somebody, or a podcast, an episode, something of a teacher who maybe had a baby during COVID, too, and maybe we could relate. And I found this episode. Before. Wife, Teacher, Mommy is the podcast. Yes. Kelsey Sorensen. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Yeah, so I listened to her, and she had talked about you in her podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll go check out her podcast. Right. Even though I'm not postpartum anymore, I'm going to go look at, you know, go see it. My podcast, yeah. And I binged your podcast for two weeks, mm-hmm. binged it, because every episode I could relate to it and felt like I was heard and seen. And I just, I was, gra- I don't know, I just gravitated towards you and... You were saying things that no one else understood, that no one else had been through. Because I feel like your first baby, you had you had um, preeclampsia, preeclampsia too, and yeah. I was like, okay, I've had a <laughs> shit ton of <laughs> issues. <laughs> <laughs> Me 
too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I do tend to relate so, to all the complicated pregnancies and birth trauma I've had. Oh. And then this last one was a yeah. C-section. I was like, I guess the universe just decided that I was going to be the postpartum coach and that I needed to go through everything possibly wrong and horrible that a mom could go through. I mean, I think I the only thing I haven't experienced is infant loss, um, but I did bring on someone that has. But gosh, yes. Anyway, I don't want. I don't mean to feel sorry for myself. I'm just saying, yes, I've been through that. <laughs> no, but that's a lot for one person to go through. That it's a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> so, so you found my podcast. You okay? And so then I remember you booked like a free consult, and then I was like, why don't we just do a session, and we'll just do it longer, and I'll actually be able to coach you, because you mentioned that you were just overflowing, you could feel that you just needed to process and release stuff, like you didn't know how or what, but you were like, I feel like I just need to cry with someone, or just share, and get this, and I was like, well, then let's do a processing session, so we just turned your free consult into a session, and from there, you're like, I need more of this, then you booked six weeks, now you booked six months, (laughs) which is so great, Yes. (laughs) so Tell us, just share with us, like, I mean, I just feel like you have expressed gratitude and relief so much. And my wish for all the moms on this podcast is that they have gratitude and relief and, and specifically relief and release. And so tell me some of the teachings, tell me what's been working over there. I mean, what, how has your body been responding? How have you been shifting and changing in your mind and body, your connection together with mind and body? What's been different? I'll start like with your like with Voxer, like being able to talk to you, being able to record my thoughts um, just as they are like actually happening yeah. helps me because I can go back and listen to it and I'm getting it out Yeah. Out instead yes. of spiraling with it or hiding it. I'm getting it out. I'm releasing it. Yeah. For those who don't know, Voxer is remote yeah. coaching back and forth. It's like a walkie talkie app and I use it with my clients in between sessions if they pay for it, you know, like if they want that access to me between sessions. So that's what you're talking about. Maybe just break down maybe two or three of the most game-changing moments in our coaching together, whether it was a moment by yourself alone, journaling or processing or tapping, or it was that whether it was in a session or something I said or whatever. Yeah. Um, in one of our sessions, we tapped together and learning how to tap has changed my meditation mm. and has changed my relationship with my body. It helps me get into my body. Um, and before, like I would, like before I met you, um, I would try to meditate like by myself and I didn't, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't understand. And like, I remember like hearing like go up to those sensations and look at them. I was like, I don't know what that means. I don't know how to do it. But through tapping, I actually like got to experience it in my body. Like I was tapping and meditating um, even after our session. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a heat in my stomach and I was able to like go to it. And I felt myself like looking at it, talking to it. And I felt it like just evaporate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You like nurtured (laughs) yourself and calmed yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It changed it changed my life. It did. And now I can, I feel confident to tap on my own when I need it. And I love it. Yeah. And it just helps me. It helps me get into my body and to acknowledge um, what's going on so that I'm not in my head. And so that then later I can calm my mind. Yeah. For those who don't know, tapping is just a, a modality to help people who have been disassociated with trauma, which I think Madison, we've talked about how 
you do believe that you really did kind of go out of your body and you kind of took refuge in your head because your body was so overloaded and overwhelmed with so much grief, so much shock, so much sadness, and you weren't able to process it. And so you sort of just weren't feeling safe in your body. And so you went to your head and you were very, very in your head. And that's part of what was contributing to the intrusive thoughts and the low quality of thinking and really just feeling out of control in your body. So we've done a lot of work to get you back down there, but to feel safe, but not in a forceful way. We've worked with the parts of you that didn't feel safe in your body, the the past parts of you over these last three years. And we've been able to comfort her, those past parts of you with your current adult self that does have help now and does have support and does have answers and does understand why she was hurting at that time. And she does know how to guide yourself through the healing and trauma processing process. (laughs) And so you have this scared part of you that still flares up sometimes that we're working with. And then you have this ever, she's growing ever more confident, this, this adult Madison that is able to go into your body and calm and nurture the scared part of you. And that's been so beautiful to watch, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, it's been, it just, I felt so, when it came back in February, I felt very hopeless. Like, oh, I'm always going to have to deal with this. I'm never going to get over it. I'm always going to have anxiety. Um, I had thoughts of like, um, I'm never going to be able to have another baby because I'm not strong enough. I'm not strong enough to have another baby mentally. And so I was very like disappointed and it's hard on myself, Mm -hmm. but now like just like just knowing that there is this like adult side, Mm -hmm. like adult Madison. Mm -hmm. And then this other Madison who is the girl in the living room that we talk about, um, who had went through all that. Yeah. Knowing that is so comforting and it helps me to comfort her. And she, I just think about her a lot. Like she went through a lot Mm -hmm. and all at once. And it was so hard and Mm -hmm. I've learned not to be so hard myself because that's a lot for someone to go through. And on top, like I'd never been a mom before. So I was sleep deprived and I'm trying to learn how to feed her and how to take Mm -hmm. care of her and what she needs. Right. You know, I love hearing you say this. I feel like the healing really started to take a whole new form and pace when you realized how much you had been judging yourself in one of your most vulnerable, scary moments. And I started introducing you through my thoughts about you and through sharing my perspective, I offered you some new angles of like, oh my gosh, yes, I was the victim too. Yes, I deserved support and I didn't have support, right? Your brain is like, your daughter deserves better. You're like, I deserved support. And so you went from being so hard on yourself and so mean to yourself, even though it was well-intended, you were trying to like make it through and fix yourself and stuff, but that wasn't working at all. It was just burying you deeper into this depressiveness and abandoning you even further, making you feel even less safe and even less cared for. And so then through my coaching and my love and compassion, you started to gently nurture yourself. And now you regularly come to me at the beginning of our sessions and you're like, man, I just put my hand on my heart and I just had this moment with myself. Or you're like, oh, I I needed to process. So I kind of withdrew from my family and I went and had a moment and I journaled or whatever you are saying. You just, you have really taken into your own hands, the self-nurturing and it's very much showing in your confidence, in your new vivaciousness. And it's not that you never have scary moments, but you're like resilient. You are thinking about having another baby again, but you're also fine with whenever that happens and you're being very attentive to your own needs and, and just really forming a very adult 
relationship with the wounded parts of yourself and they aren't scaring you and flaring up as much. Yes. Yeah. They're not as scary because now I know I have tools now that I can yeah. implement when that happens and yeah. I have support now. Yeah. Um, so I can get on Boxer if I need to. And then I'm doing your course too. And your course yeah. is so helpful because it just um, reiterates like what we talk about in our sessions. Yeah. And it's just more in like, it's a lot of content about your body and your mind and mm-hmm. how to connect them. Yes. And I just didn't, I didn't know. And that right. learning all learning that and knowing that it's not coming from um, someone like you've had a baby, you've had these things, you've had anxiety right. and depression and trauma. So it's like, you're not just say, saying that you've been through it. Right. Absolutely. And that is so helpful to me. And that's what I was looking for when Mm -hmm. I started searching and found your podcast. Mm -hmm. I wanted someone who had knew what I was feeling. Right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so honored. I'm so honored that you're, you're going through the course as well. The course is calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life. Is there anything you want to share? Maybe one or two things from the course specifically that you feel like have just been really supportive to you. Any, I don't know if you can think of something I said or just anything you felt during one of the videos. Yes. What you said was presence is being with what is, even if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me be more present, like with Olivia and with my husband. Um, even if I don't like, because in the past I would just dwell on what I was feeling or have intr- an intrusive thought and then judge myself for that and then have some more and spiral. Mm-hmm. And so now, or I'd be anxious. And like today I'm getting ready to go back to school. So I had a lot on my plate thinking mentally, like just to think about things. And I thought, no, today's, I need to spend it with Olivia. It's my last day at home. Mm-hmm. And like hearing, I heard that in your course today, mm-hmm. like this morning. The presence like, okay. comment. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like it just, and I believe that too. I believe I'm hearing parts, like certain parts of your course on like when I'm supposed to, when mm-hmm. I can handle it, when mm-hmm. I can process it. And so yes. that helped me like be in the moment. Like, even if I don't like what I'm feeling, um, mm-hmm. I still need to be with it. so that I can stay present. Yeah. And I am confident that because you're doing that, you will have less, essentially your system won't store as much emotion because you are expanding your ability to process it. You're expanding your processing, emotional processing capacity and skill. And really the way I define trauma is when you when the amount of emotion you're feeling is too intense for you to be able to process. But if you can increase your ability to process, then it, even if you have the same amount of intensity, you can have less trauma because you're more able to process. And that is exactly what my course teaches. So thank you for sharing that. For those who don't know, I have a course, an online course. It's called postpartum freedom. You can buy just the course. And then if you wanted more sessions with, you know, if you wanted coaching in addition to the course, you can come coach with me. Um, or you can coach with me. And then when you coach with me, I give you access to the course in addition to coaching, but regardless of how you do it, that course is everything I teach my clients. I I literally give it to my clients. So it's very, very, very powerful. It's three steps, calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life. It gives you the basics of mind body connection that we've never understood. And I think we weren't taught when we were little. And so many of us have had 
whether it's little mini traumas that have piled up or really big stuff like Madison's gone through with birth trauma and being stuck in the hospital and canceled plans and pandemics. I just want you guys to know there is so much hope for healing. And thank you so much, Madison, for coming on, because I think that was my favorite part about the idea of having you here is I want all of you moms to know that, I mean, Madison suffered for three years before she was able to find me and get help. And I, you don't need to wait. And Madison, if, is there one takeaway message you kind of want to share with, with moms out there? Um, that they're not alone. They're not, there are moms out there, um, that have been through similar things, same things. You're not alone. And I wish I would have known that and felt that then. So there is help out there. Yeah. Even if it's just in your, in your own mom or your friends or somebody, a stranger, like there are women out there who are going through or have gone through what you are and you're not alone. Yeah. Um, and I also, I didn't think that I had been through trauma. Like I did, cause it wasn't a big, huge, scary, like a, like a car wreck. It wasn't right. that, like I didn't classify it as trauma mm-hmm. and that hurt me in the long run too. Mm-hmm. Like I had to accept that. Yeah. I've been like all of those things mm-hmm. that was traumatizing. Right. Right. Just, Remember you guys, trauma isn't, isn't in the circumstance of what happened. It's not like, Oh, you know, rape and car accidents. Like those are trauma. It's like trauma is when the intensity of your emotion is so much that you can't process it. That's when your body stores it for later. And that's what's trauma. And it really doesn't matter. It could be, it could be as something as simple as your kitchen stove caught fire and you just didn't know how to handle the fear that was struck in your chest and in your body. Um, it could be that you, you know, cut yourself slicing carrots in the kitchen. I don't know why I keep thinking of kitchen examples or it could be a car accident. It could be, you know, that your doula didn't come to your birth and she said she would, and she had to miss it because she couldn't make it. These, it doesn't matter. It's universal in that way. And so be aware, be trauma informed and go get help if you need it. Whether you come work with me, whether you find a therapist through your insurance or something, just make sure you're reaching out and getting support and share with a trusted person what you're going through and get that help. Thank you a million Madison for coming on. I am so happy to see you sharing your story as you're on the other side of your deep struggles and you guys there's hope and you can also be on the other side. Come work with me. If you want support, get my course. It's lizzylangston.com forward slash course. You can start there and we're so glad that you were here. Madison. Thanks again for being on the postpartum coach podcast. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yeah. We'll see you in your session. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. All right. Thanks girl. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzylangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon.